Would you turn to Romans this morning, the 8th chapter? Romans 8. Look at our text that we've been looking at for some weeks now. Romans 8 and 14. Let's pray before we read this. Let's release our faith this morning. And don't just depend, you know, you're not limited to what I know. Our real teacher is the Holy Spirit. So let's look to him and believe that you get something good today that will help you. Father, we come before you thanking you for the holy written word. Thanking you for the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, whom you've sent to indwell us, to be our guide and our helper and our teacher. We look to him. We yield to him. Give us utterance full and complete. Give everybody eyes that see and ears that hear and a heart open and receptive. Let there come divine grace deposits, truth impartations, revelation that makes free. Give us answers for questions right now, direction and solutions. Just what we ought to have for now. And we say your word will not return void, but it will prosper in what you send it to do. And we'll not be hearers only, but we will by your grace be doers. And we'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Say amen if you would. Amen, amen means so be it. Romans eight fourteen. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Can sons of God, and of course that means male and female, can sons of God expect to be led by the Spirit of God? Can the Spirit of God let us know direction and guide us? Yes, He can. Verse 16, the, the Spirit, excuse me, 15, 15, we've not received the Spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the Spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Would the Spirit lead you into bondage? No. You'll know the truth, and. Truth will make you free. He is the spirit of truth, the Bible says. So if you follow the leadings of the Lord, you're not going to get into trouble. You're not going to get into depression. You're not going to go down. You're going to come up. You're going to come out. Amen. How many believe if you follow the leading of the Lord, he'd lead you right out of poverty into prosperity. He'd lead you out of confusion into peace. He'd lead you right out of depression into joy, lead you out of defeat into victory, lead you out of sickness into healing and health. Do you believe it? It's a fact. But many are not following him. Read the next verse. The Spirit itself, or as many translations say, himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How does he lead us and guide us? This verse tells us exactly how. How does he do it? It didn't say through audible voices. It didn't say through feelings. It didn't say through reasonings. What did it say? His spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're to be spirit led in the New Testament church. So many times people are led by by other things. Christians included. So many Christians are not spirit-led. They're head-led. 
Reasoning led. Logic led. Didn't Proverbs 3 said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean. Lean not to your own. Don't be understanding led. Don't be reasoning led. Don't be logic led. Many are circumstance led. Many are feeling led. Emotion led. Many are money led. It's amazing. People will leave family, leave a good church, leave good support, and go to another place based solely on a raise. Friend, a raise is not a leading. People buy and sell based totally on price. Being led by price is not being led by the Spirit. Somebody say, well, you know the Lord would always lead you to get the cheapest one. No, I know different. It's not just the cheapest price, it's the right one. That cheap one don't look so cheap if you get a bad one. And you have to overhaul it. Or you have to rebuild it three times. You have trouble with it. Your time is worth something. People are led by money. Whether, you know, whether they go to church. Well, I can't, I can't go to that church. That's an hour away. Cost me money. Wear and tear on my car. <laughs> Let me tell you what cost you. Being weak in your spirit. Not having faith. Not hearing from God. Not doing the will of God. Now that's serious cost. I know Brother Leroy Thompson down in uh, Louisiana in the cane fields. I mean, he's out in the, in the boonies. Got a nice church and a church full of people. And he said, you know, people begin to drive and come in. And, and he thought, Lord, you know, why do you want me to have a church here? Maybe we could go to a larger area, you know, a, a, a closer city. And the, and the Lord's dealt with him. No, right here. He said, uh, I'll give the people new cars, and I'll fill them full of gas, and, and they'll be glad to drive. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and they are. Yeah. That's the way with this church. Yeah. That's the way with it. We've got a lot of people who drive 45 minutes plus. Yeah. Hour plus, some two hours. And God's giving our people new cars. Yeah. And filling them full of gas. Yeah. And they're glad to drive. Yeah. You pray in tongues all the way. Praise God. Or listen to a tape and you're ready time you get here. Ready? And you can shout about what you got in church all the way back home. Amen. But people make decisions based solely on money. That's not being spirit led. That's being money led. Take this job. Don't take this job. Move to this place, don't move to this place. I'm not talking about unsaved, I'm talking about Christians. Preachers, take meetings or go to places just solely based on money. Do things based on money. You say, well, they ought not do that. You ought not do it either. <laughs> There's no different, not a different set of rules for preachers than for laity. No. I've actually, in, in dealing with Christian brothers, I've actually had the Lord to deal with me. I was buying something from this individual, a large ticket item, and it was from a minister in a ministry. 
And the Lord actually dealt with me. Go back to them and raise the price. Now I'm the one buying. And it was a big item. And the Lord dealt with me. Go back and tell them you'd like for them to raise the price $15,000. You say, you've got to be kidding me. No. I didn't just, you know, instantly do it that minute. I had to think about that. Pray about that. But I got it settled in my heart. And I went back to them and I said, I'd like for you to change the price on this. They looked at me like, you know, what, of course, what did they expect? You know. And I tell you what aggravates me is poor mouth preachers. It does. I tell you what, can you give me a preacher discount? Can you give the church a discount? I don't like that. If our God's as big as we say he is, why can't he take care of us? Why we got to go around begging? Believers are not beggars. That includes you. <laughs> and they say, well, what, what, what do you mean change the price? I said, I'd like for you to go up 15000 They said, what? I said, I'd like for you, please, to raise the price on me. Another 15000 they, they laughed. They said, I have never heard of such a thing. I've never had anybody <laughs> tell me to raise. But it was right. I said it was right. Don't be led by money. Be led by the Spirit. Don't be led by feelings, emotions. You know, so many times people are led into a church and then pulled out through offense. Being offended, having your feelings hurt is not a leading. Well, somebody didn't treat me right, and they didn't give me my place, and they didn't acknowledge my gift. And Well, how do you know? Did you give it enough time? Have you proven yourself in any area? Have you been faithful in anything? You see what I'm talking about? But people get offended. Well, you know, they didn't, they didn't do this with me. They didn't let me do this or that. And they get offended and leave. And maybe two months before or six months before, oh, the Lord led me here. Oh, the, oh, the Lord put me here. Well, when did he take you out? They were led in by the Spirit. Followed an offense and a hurt out. When you're led by offenses, you're being led by the enemy. Did you hear me? Children of God, Christians, should be led not by their head, not by their feelings, not by their pocketbook, not by circumstances, but by the wonderful, holy spirit of the living God who's always right, who always leads you right. Everybody say, that's how I'm led. Spirit led. Well, now for months, we've been teaching on the spirit led life. And I began a week or so ago talking to you about keys to sensitivity. We're talking now about things that you can do, practical things that you can do that will increase your awareness of the Holy Spirit's leading, that will make you more aware and sensitive to His leadings. The first one we talked about was yieldedness. Yieldedness. Even uh, last week we talked about in the so-called Christmas story, the account of how the Spirit of God led 
uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and how they didn't just hear it, they responded. They yielded. They followed him. And that is such a big key to being led of the Spirit. The more you follow him, the more sensitive you become. The more you ignore him, the duller you become. One of the worst things you could do to your sensitivity is to disobey. It dulls you, hardens you. Let's go on to another thing this morning. This is something that will help you in being led by the Spirit of God. Number one was yieldedness. Number two is openness. O-P-E-N. Openness. Now it works with yieldedness, but it's a little different too. Everybody say openness. If you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, you must be open. Open to His leadings. Open to Him talking to you in any area of your life. You can't be closed. Your mindset, your heart set, has a whole lot to do with this. There's many times the Lord has not been able to talk to folks. Simply because they're not even open to him talking to them in that area or about that thing. I mean, it's true with, with us with each other. How many have noticed in your life there were times that you would like to talk to somebody about something, but they're not open to it? They don't want to hear it? They want to talk about it? Well, can you talk to them about it if they don't want to hear it? If they're not open to it? Can you make progress in that thing? Well, no, you can't. Nor can the Lord talk to us or to others about a thing if we're not open to it. And, and in fact, it's his mercy sometimes not to tell us too much about a thing because he knows we wouldn't hear it and then we'd be responsible for it. Did you hear me? And so he, he bears long with us and is patient with us and gives us time to get our heart right and willing to hear it. If you're not open to it, then you're not going to be led in that area. Turn with me, please, to the gospel account of John. Gospel account of John. And the seventh chapter, John 7. Everybody say open. Open. Must be open, you see. John 7. And verse 17. John 7, 17. Anybody believe in God with me this morning? Good, thank you. He said, Jesus is speaking in John 7, 17. He says, if any man will do his will, he shall what? Know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Listen to the principle here. If any man will do his will, he will know whether this thing is of God or whether it's just of man. Isn't that what we're talking about? Knowing whether something is God or not. Knowing the leading of the Lord or just the reasoning and and thinking of men. Listen to other translations of this. Uh, The NAS says, if anyone is willing to do his will. He will know. Another one says, if any of you really determines to do God's will, then you will certainly know. Did you hear that phrase? If you're willing to do it, 
then you're going to find out something. Then you're going to know. I'll never forget some uh, years ago. The Lord had dealt with me about traveling some more. This was, uh, oh man, this must have been 15, 18 years ago at least. I was busy. I mean every day from early to late in the ministry. I was busy. But every once in a while I'd get to praying or get to waiting on the Lord. And this thing would come up in me about going out and ministering more. And every time it'd come up, I'd think, no. I mean, what would I want to do that for? I'm busy. I mean, sometimes at the place where I was at, I was speaking 10, 15, 20 times a week. Well, that's a lot. Time the weekend rolls around, you'd just soon sit in a chair. Not go hang an airplane. And go somewhere else and sleep in a hotel room. And travel and get back just in time to start your week over again. So I wasn't much open to that. And there was another area of my life. Financially. That I wasn't doing too hot in. And I'm praying and asking the Lord about it. I said Lord you know. Man I, I don't mean I prayed once. I prayed over a period of months. About this thing. Lord you know show me what to do. Talk to me about this. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get straight. And uh, I remember one day distinctly. We were in our house. Our little house. and Nobody was there but me in the living room. And I'm sitting in a chair. And it came up in my heart again. About this uh, going and traveling more. And uh, you know. Uh, a trick that people use on their self. Is this. We don't know what that is. <laughs> we don't know, you know, something come up and you go, what is that? You know, and if you don't want to hear it, you don't want to be open to it. The devil will be right there to come sit on your shoulder and go, we don't know what that is. You'll go, yeah, I don't know what that is. What, what is that? Where that come? I don't know what that is. Well, the problem is, if you say that's not God, then the next time the Holy Spirit deals with you, this is the same spirit you said wasn't God a few days ago. Who is he now? You confuse your own spirit. Dull yourself. If you want to be sensitive to his direction, you must also be receptive to his correction. If you refuse the correction, you've just dulled yourself to the direction. So I'm sitting there in a chair. And it came up again. And in, in previous times, I had said, what, what is that? What is that? <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't too open to that. But I, I sat there and I got quiet for a few minutes and I thought, Lord, that's you. That's you. You want me to go out more? I'll go out more. Strengthen me, help me. If you want me to go, we'll go. You'll help me. And I mean, just to, I don't mean to hurt a voice, but just as clear in my heart, the Lord said, Good. Now let me talk to you about this other thing. The money stuff. I'd been seeking him about for money. I didn't realize they were connected. But my unwillingness and my, my not being open to this one area was blocking off some direction in another area. The least bit of unwillingness will hinder you from hearing from God. Big time. Everybody say be open. Must be open. He said if you will to do his will. 
then you'll know. How many want to know? Then you got to be willing. You got to be open. Hallelujah. In 1 Thessalonians, you don't have to turn there. But in 1 Thessalonians 5, well, we'll go ahead and turn there. You're, you guys love scripture. You're ready to go. Turn there. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. What does it say? Don't do what? Quench not the spirit. The living says, do not smother, do not smother the Holy Spirit. That word quench literally means to extinguish or to smother or to stifle. Now, when something comes up and you're not open to it and you're not responding properly, what would you be doing? You'd be suppressing it. You'd be stifling and you don't want to hear it. You don't look at that. Stifling it. Quenching, quenching the spirit. This is why many Christians are not sensitive to the leadings of the Lord because they have quenched in times past his dealings. They they weren't open to it. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to deal with it. And that makes you dull. Now here's one of the biggest problems. If all you are aware of is what you want, You're not going to be aware of what he wants for you. If all you're focused on is what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, what I want to achieve, then you're going to be oblivious to his plan for your life, his leadings and his direction. We we must pray and, and have the heart of the master in the garden. Remember what he said? Lord, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. Did he want to go a different way? Yes, he did. What did he come back to? Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Your will be done. He said in, in the book of the Psalms, it's written of me, I delight to do thy will, O God. Jesus said, I, I do always those things that please him. Jesus was and is the ultimate father pleaser. Jesus never got up in the morning and said, what do I want to do today? Never did. He always sought to please the Father. And he knew what many have yet to discover, that the secret to your fulfillment is in pleasing him. If you seek your own life, what will happen? You'll lose it. But if you lay down your life for him, what will happen? You'll find it. The very thing that people try to make themselves happy, try to, to do their own thing, and the more, the harder you push for it, the more unhappy you will be. The more you think about yourself and the more self-centered you become, the more disappointed, the more unfulfilled and dissatisfied you will be. It's a fact. That's why so many people are so miserable. It's a fact. Because they just seek their own. From the time they get up in the morning to the time they go to bed, that's all they think about. It's what I want and what I need, what I don't have, what people are not doing for me, and what I can't do. 
Me, me, me. And it makes you miserable. Oh, but friend, when you learn to live like the master, hallelujah, and you live and you breathe to please God, and you're willing to submit your will to his, and do a thing that you didn't even think you wanted to do, if he says do it. Uh, we told you the story, you know, a while back about this, uh, this minister friend of mine, he was, had a bunch of people in the healing line to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he came to this one guy, and his wife was behind him, and, and the guy kept looking back at his wife, you know. And, and he, he said, well, did you come to receive the Holy Spirit? And, and he said, uh, I guess. And he kept looking back at his wife, and he said, well, uh, do you believe in, in the fullness of the Spirit? You ready to receive? And, and he said, uh, if she say I do, I do. <laughs> well, they had to make a few adjustments, and thank God he, he did decide he was there because he wanted to be there. And they did say, but you can be that way with the Lord. Yeah. If he say I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I had a revelation years ago. I've told you about it, but it'll bear repetition. Years ago, I mean, this must have been 25 years ago, uh, sitting at a red light. Waiting for it to change. And this revelation came on, came in me. God is smarter than me. <laughs> you might say, come on, Brother Keith. Surely, you know, yeah, if you'd asked me the day before, is God smarter than you? I'd have said, well, of course. But you know, you can know something and then you can know it more. Yeah. And the thing that was dawning on my spirit is God made me. He knows what makes me tick. He knows what I'm good at and what I'm not. He knows my areas and my grace better than I do. Better than I do. Oh, you know, and looking back now, you know, some years later, oh, you can just see it so clearly. So many things that I thought was not my thing, the Lord said, yep, that's your thing. So many things that, you know, thought, well, that's not my style. That's not what I'd like to do. And, and found out it was my style. We don't know so much. We haven't been around very long. And we, you don't know so much as you think you know about yourself. And people try to find their self. Oh, what an ignorant thing to do. <laughs> they try to find their self. Oh, dear God. How ignorant. Jesus has already found you. And you know where you'll find you? In him. You know how you find what you are and who you are? It's all in Him. It's in Him. Amen. You'll never find yourself and your completeness outside of Him. It's all in Him. Ye are complete in Him. The Bible said. And so I begin to learn to take that phrase that Jesus used on Himself. He said, I delight to do Thy will, O God. And, and begin to realize, I can will to do His will. I can will to be open even if I don't feel like it. I can be all set on a thing and think, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this is the thing. This is the thing for me. This is my area. And the Lord says, nope. That's not what I want you to do. And you go, right. <laughs> now that I look at that, you don't like it. I don't like it. You can be looking at something and go, oh, no, that, that's not me. That is not my area. That is not my call. I'm sorry. No. And the Lord says, I want you to do that. And you go, right. 
I mean, now that you say it, that's it. That's the thing for me. And your head may be going, no, it's not. Your, your feeling is going, no, no. You say, shut up. Shut up, head. Shut up, feelings. I'm not head-led. I'm not emotion-led. I'm not experience-led. I'm not other people-led. I am spirit-led. But before you can be led, you've got to be open to it. Looking back now, it took the Lord about three years to get Phyllis and I open and in the place where we would even consider leaving home and going to Bible school. I didn't realize it at the time, but through hearing good tapes and reading good books and being in good meetings and services, the Lord was working things and changing things in our heart by, so that by the time we, the time elapsed and we got there, and the Lord began to deal with us about leaving home, leaving mom and daddy and leaving friends and leaving my hot rod and my dog and going to Oklahoma. Man, prior to that, I wouldn't have been open to that. And the Lord didn't talk to me about it till I was open to do it. But we got to the place where, you know, for months prior to that, I was praying. I knew something was up. And Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. What do you want me to do? I'm willing. And people pray that prayer, but there's so many times when the Lord says something, they go, well, now that, I don't know. Well, then you weren't really willing. It's easy to say I'm willing till it comes down to doing something. And when we got open about it, God spoke to us about it. And we followed, we left home, we left everything, went to school. And we thought we'd be there one year and go home. But we finished the first year and we began to realize something, you know, something's not quite done here. Didn't, little did we realize we'd be there another 20 years. <laughs> but we didn't know that. There was the will of God to stay there and be involved in the healing school, then be involved in teaching in the training center. I didn't know all that. We're ready to go home. What if we hadn't been open, though, to staying another year? I'll be honest with you. The Lord, I almost went back home. Because that was my plan. I had made my plan. We'd made our plan. We're going for one year and then we're going back. I understand no matter what kind of plan you've made, you must be open. Open to the Lord telling you something else. If you get so set in your mind and heart, it's like you've got blinders on and you can only see that and only go that way. The Holy Ghost can be over here trying to show you the plan of God, but you won't look. You won't look because you got your mind made up and you're set on this. Said out loud, you must be open. So you, you must be willing to consider doing something else. If you're not, he can't even talk to you. So it basically took that whole summer in between the two school years for us to, uh, you know, get it settled and get willing. But eventually we thought, well, now hold on here. We're supposed to stay another year. Didn't want to hear that. Ready to go home. Eat some of mama's cobbler. See my dog riding my hot rod. I didn't know it, but I'd never go back. Sometimes the Lord doesn't tell you everything. He knows you're not quite ready to hear all that. But eventually, we got it settled, stay another year. So, okay, all right, all right, we'll stay one more year. And then we had to be open to stay another year. 
And then we had to be open to stay another year. And then we had to be open to stay another year. And five more years. And ten more years. And then we felt released, you know. To go out into our own ministry. We'd had our own ministry for years. But to go out in. I was getting ready to put a team together. Singers. Uh, and, and instrument players, a road team. We're going out on the road. We're going to have good meetings and rent civic centers and be in churches and have wonderful meetings. And the Lord dealt with me. He said, I, I never released you from helping Brother Hagin. I said, huh? Because I had assumed, see, watch out for this, that because I was released from teaching in the school and working at the ministry, well, then that means I go and, and we do our ministry. He said, no, that doesn't mean I released you from helping Brother Hagin. So Phyllis and I had to go find them on the road and say, uh, can we help you some more? And they said, sure. And so we tagged along and followed them. Everywhere they went, year after year after year. Thought that might be just a little while, but that was years. Everybody say years. Years, years but had to be open to it. And one of the big things was the Lord had to work on me. Even after walking with him for some years, he had to work on us for a good solid two years, I guess. Especially me. Especially me. To be open to pastoring. I had never thought about pastoring. Now that I see how wonderful it is, I, you wonder, you know, why hadn't you thought about it before? But I hadn't. I mean, you know what? Fifteen years ago, Phyllis and I were on a lake one day playing and, and vacationing and I said to her I said you know have you ever thought about pastoring she said nope I said me neither and that was it that was the that was the end of it we were perfectly happy traveling I know some people get tired of traveling and they want to come home and say that wasn't us we're, we're just believing to get better equipment and faster airplanes and, and do it we enjoyed it but the Lord began to deal with me I mean at first I, I, I wasn't open to the idea. I'll just be honest with you. At first, I thought, huh? No, no, no. I'm not a pastor. You know, I respected the office, but that, that's not me. No. And you don't want to get in an office you're not graced to be in. Yeah. You don't want to intrude into another office that you're not called to. And at first, I wasn't open about that. But God kept dealing with me. Dealing with me. Dealing with me. Dealing with me. Finally, I said, <laughs> Okay, pastoring, huh? Pastor Keith, oh. <laughs> That's, that don't sound right. That just don't. <laughs> and in fact, I, you, I mean, we, I, don't know, I don't know what the letters and emails we got from people that knew us in the ministry going, huh? You're doing what? What are you doing? They, they couldn't see me that way either. <laughs> but you must be open. Everybody say open. 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 What if I hadn't been open? What if Phyllis hadn't been open? Then all these great things the Lord's done for us this last year and a half. How would it have happened if we hadn't been open? What if you hadn't been open? Everybody say open. Open. Must be open. You must be open. But if all you think about is what you want to do, you're not aware of what He has planned for you to do. Turn with me please to the 81st Psalm. Psalm 81. Are you okay? Can you take a little more? Beware of making your little plan, setting it in concrete, and start early with your children on this. 
You know, parents tell their children this, and, and they mean well, but it's not accurate. They say, honey, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. Anything you want to be, you can be anything you want to be. Son, you can be anything you want to be when you grow up. That is not true. Did you hear me? That is not true. And in fact, we treat our children, we treat our youth. They have their career days in high school and different things about, you know, tell them, well, honey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they look at different options to decide what I want to do with my life. As Christians, that is incorrect. It is not for us to decide what we want to do. That's already been decided for us. Did you hear me? It's not for us to decide what we want to do. It's for us to discover what God has already foreordained for us to be and walk in. We, we, we don't teach our children and our youth, you know, just decide what you want to be. No, no. We teach them to seek God. Find out what he's already planned for them to be. Ordained for them to be. It's so sad. You see so many Christians... Trying to do a thing that they've decided they want to do. And it's hard. There's no grace to do it. People stumble. And they're unsuccessful. And and many of them blame God. God, why wouldn't you help me? Why wouldn't you help me in my chosen career? Because he is not obligated to approve and bless your plan. He's not obligated to help you get out of his will. He can't. He can't change his plan just because you decided to change. Oh, you must conform to him. Everybody said out loud, Lord, Lord, not my will, will, but your will will be done. done. Not my choice, choice, your choice. choice. Not for me to decide, decide, but I'm asking you, you, reveal to me me what you've already chosen. For me. And that's the only place you're going to be happy. That's the only place you're going to be fulfilled. And it may be completely different from what you thought. Completely different. Psalm 81, are you there? Verse 10. Psalm 81, 10. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide. And I will fill it. <laughs> How many understand open your mouth wide means be receptive? That phrase starts with what word? Open. Open. Open up and, and I'll fill you. But my people what? Would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me. So I gave them up to their own hearts, lust or desire... And they walked in what? Their own counsels. Does that cost you when you do that? Are millions of people doing this? They make their own plans. They go their own ways. They do their own thing. Does it cost you? Oh. Failed marriages. Sickness and disease. Poverty and problems. Mental torment. The way of the transgressor is hard. Keep reading. Verse 13. Now this is the Lord speaking. Listen to his heart. Oh, 
that my people had hearkened to me. Can you hear the Spirit of God saying that throughout the earth today, this morning? Oh, that my people would listen to me. He's not talking about the heathen. He's talking about his people. Oh, that my people would pay attention to me. That they would listen to me. And Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies. And turned my hand against their adversaries. How many know the Bible says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You just don't have a fraction of the trouble when you're in the will of God that you do when you don't, when you're not. The haters of the Lord should have uh, submitted themselves to him and their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied thee. Boy, that sounds like prosperity, doesn't it? Good of the land. Why? When you listen to the Lord. When you go his way, you receive, you're open to his counsel, receive his counsel and not your own. Go with me to Matthew, please. I believe it's the 23rd chapter. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. This is the New Testament counterpart of this. And it's a it's a sad thing in, in, in so many ways. But let's purpose in our heart that this is not going to be so concerning us. Matthew 23, are you there? How many remember the scripture that says, many are called, but what? Why is it that of the many called, only few are chosen? Why is that? Because only few will hear. And only few will respond. And only few will answer and follow the call. And it's those few who do who are the chosen. And used of God and blessed of God. Matthew 23 and 37. Matthew 23, 37. Jesus is overlooking the city of Jerusalem. It's nearing the end of his course. He's about to be betrayed and turned over to the executioners and hung on the cross just shortly after this. And he looks over the city, verse 37, Matthew 23, 37, and he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that kills the prophets and stones them that are sent to you, how often... Would I have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left to you desolate. I say to you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. At that time, the scripture said he came to his own, and what? His own received him not. He said, how many times? I would have gathered you. I would have protected you. I would have ministered to you. I would have fed you. I would have helped you. But what? You wouldn't have it. You weren't open to it. You wouldn't receive it. You wouldn't hear it. Listen to another translation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. 
How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Another says, you would not let me. Is the Lord going to make people receive his counsel? Is he going to make people follow his plan? No, no. It's a sad thing when people are not open. You know, I've had people tell me any number of times, Oh, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, if you ever see anything or know anything that would help me, you know, please tell me. (laughs) But you know, most of the time, if it's corrective, most of the time you can't. Or you could, but you shouldn't. Why? Because they don't want to hear it. Not really. They're not receptive. It, It just hurts your relationship and they're not ready to hear it. There's been a few times the Lord had me tell people anyway. And uh, a couple of times they changed, thank God, and repented. And another couple of times they didn't. And it cost them everything, just like the Lord said it would. Can you hear the heart of the Lord? Oh, that my people would listen to me. I'd subdue their enemies under their feet. I'd feed them with the finest of the wheat. Is that the will of God? Is that the heart of God? But you must be open and, and willing and responsive. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands and thank God. That we don't have to be unwilling. We don't have to be closed off. We don't have to be rebellious. But that we are open. Go ahead, lift up your hands. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, I'm open. Thank you, Lord, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. Hallelujah. Pray it out loud with me. Father God. If I have not heard you, if I've not been open to you, if I've quenched your spirit in times past, I ask you to show it to me and I ask you to forgive me and I purpose in my heart to be open to you, completely open to anything and everything you would that I should do. To be willing to obey you, even if it's different, completely different from what I had thought or planned, I'm open to you. My eyes are on you. I'm looking to you. I will follow you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.